Welcome to The Champion's Road, a podcast about pathways for young leaders in agriculture to prepare them to compete in life's championships. Dr. Billy Zanellini and Dr. Dottie Gable will drive you to the top minds in the livestock industry, leadership, college readiness, and career development, delivering you the professional edge for the road ahead. Well, welcome back, everybody, to uh, Champions Road Podcast. Uh, we're really excited to have uh, Mr. Marty Gibbs with us today. We're talking about judging market lambs, and uh, really excited to have uh, Marty Gibbs with us. Uh, he currently serves as a district extension administrator in District 7 out in San Angelo. But before that, uh, had a storied career as a county extension agent. Uh, really successful in the lamb and goat barns and across barns, really. Uh, but not only as a county agent, but as a dad, um, had two uh, really successful, uh, well, more than two, actually, successful uh, uh, kids that went through our program and hung some banners along the way. And now uh, most people know his name through judging shows. But I'd also like to add, he serves as our chair for the state of Texas on lamb and goat or sheep and goat validation and somebody I get to work with all the time. So just a wealth of knowledge. And so we haven't had a judge on yet and talked to a judge about kind of what they're thinking, um, how to help exhibitors uh, be successful leading up to the show. Uh, so uh, we've we've asked uh, Marty Gibbs for just a little bit of his time today to kind of talk through some of those things. So Marty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Billy. Outstanding, outstanding. I know you have a busy schedule and some shows to go judge, and then your your duties as a, a DEA, and then also uh, with uh, Lamb and Goat Validation keeps you moving. So we really appreciate your help. So if you're new to the podcast, folks, we just uh, run this as three, two, one. We're talking three things that you should be doing right now to keep you on that path to your championship. And then we're talking about two things that you shouldn't do, things that will be in your way from being successful. And then we try to leave you with one insider trick or challenge to help you on down the road. So uh, without further ado, let's just get right into it. Uh, Marty Gibbs, we're talking about three things that exhibitors should be doing if I'm going to show to Marty Gibbs. And those are what? Well, I think there's, uh, you can see them there on the slide, but the first one to me is be consistent, uh, make a commitment to this project. It's a long project that, you know, many of you feed lambs and, and goats for um, nine months before the show. And, and it's hard to stay committed to that for the entire nine months. We're about a month away from Rodeo Austin now. And, um, you know, I think the things you should be doing now is, is maintaining that consistency. It's hard when your kids play basketball um, they have lots of other opportunities um, to be involved in things, and it's hard to stay committed to that lamb project throughout the entire nine months. And my biggest advice right now is to stay committed to that project. Um, consistency or consistent habits create success in your entire program, whether it's feeding, exercising, grooming, showmanship, all of those things multiply and amplify this last month. This is when you really can't afford to make mistakes. And so being consistent is really very important. Um, it's a race. Anytime you neglect one of those things, you fall behind and you, you take a step behind. So stay consistent. 
in, in getting those projects ready when you're working with them, when you're feeding them. Um, it, it's hard. I know I've, I've had kids that did it for a long time and you get up late for school one morning and you say, well, I just can't feed today. Well, have a commitment that you're going to get up and you're going to go to the barn and you're going to feed at least one member of the family. Uh, so commit to that consistent care of the project for the whole family is a really important thing. I see lots of families over the years that kind of give up and say, man, I just don't have time to track today. Uh, the treadmill's not something I'm gonna get done today. Believe me, other people are when you don't. And so that's my biggest advice is probably to stay consistent and make a commitment to this last month prior to the show. The second thing I think it's really important and it goes along with that is the exercise program. Um, we've seen a decline, I think, in, in some of the exercise programs um, to where we've got lambs now that weigh nearly 200 pounds at a stock show. We really don't have a place in our industry for 200 pound market lambs. And so exercise does a lot of good things for your project. Uh, to me, I can name four things that it does. The first is stimulate appetite. If you've got lambs that are eating twice a day and they go lay down in the pen, um, they're full, they're lazy, they don't, they don't wanna eat for nine months in a row. So a good exercise program, whatever it is, stimulates their appetite, keeps them healthy, keeps them coming to the feed trough and pushing through that race uh, where you, you don't wanna fall behind. The other thing it does is builds muscle. Obviously, if you've got a lamb that's exercising on a, on a normal routine, you're developing shape and tone and, and you're getting those animals uh, to where they have muscle shape to them, which is the third thing, which is create shape. And when I talk about shape, I'm not talking about just the fact that they have more definition in their actual muscle, but it also affects the, the shape of an animal. Um, the ideal market lamb in most instances is very youthful in its appearance and not old and over the heel. And so an exercise program can help keep the chest up in those lambs, can help keep those lambs in the right shape and tone uh, so that they handle correctly when they go to a show. And the last thing I'll mention is it does help manage weight. If you're not exercising, they're just gonna continually put on weight and they're gonna get to those 200 pound lambs that we really don't want in the industry. And so a good exercise program uh, does a good job of managing that weight and keeping those lambs somewhere in that range that's more acceptable. That exercise program can be a lot of things. Many people use a treadmill, many people use a dog and a track. Um, there's walkers out there. All of those things work. You just have to develop that exercise program of your own and keep in mind that those four things are what it needs to do for you. And if it can do that, then you've been successful in your exercise program. The final thing I would talk about is showmanship. It's extremely important at a major livestock show to have showmanship where you can get that lamb into the ring and present it to the best of your ability and, and bring out the good things in that lamb. Um, you work all year, nine months to put this lamb together and to get him in good shape and you want him to be able to walk, you want him to show. Um, that takes a lot of time. And a lot of that is time spent in the barn. And this last month, I would challenge you to commit to spending that time in the barn on showmanship. They have to get acclimated to show settings. It, at a major livestock show, from the time you get him up and take him to the wash rack, to rinse him off, wash him, whatever, take him back to the pens, they stand there while you're 
grooming them, getting their boots ready, getting their hide right. All of those things are time that it's that is spent on showmanship standing at your pen. And then you're going to go to a staging area where you may be there for 30 minutes. And then when you actually get into the show ring, you may have already had that lamb up for 30 to 45 minutes or maybe even an hour. If you're lucky and you get to the final drive on that, you're probably looking at another 30 minutes of showing that lamb in the ring. And so showmanship is extremely important and it starts with teaching those lambs to stand, whether it's on a table or on a, a stand that you may have at your house or just tying them to the fence. Uh, working and walking those lambs is extremely important because they have to be able to walk. If they don't walk natural, they don't look natural and they don't look their best. And so if you're dragging them around the show ring, you're not going to be successful in presenting the, the good qualities in that lamb. Lots of things to do there and, and tips on that is get them out of the barn. The sheep uh, work better out of the barn because when you're in their house or in their pen, uh, they act one way, but when you get them out, they're going to be totally different. And so get them out of the pen, walk them out of the pen, take them to a neighbor's house, take them to the county show barn, get them in some different settings. Um, make sure that you've walked them on concrete. Most of our, or all of our major livestock shows um, typically have concrete floors. Uh, Austin doesn't, thanks goodness, but there are a lot of concrete floors there and sheep, they have to be learned or taught to uh, walk on concrete because it's different if they've never done that. Um, practice setting lambs up and, and holding a, what I call a pose. You know, if you're in the ring showing a lamb and you're there for 30 minutes, you're not gonna be driving that lamb all the time. Um, it's not really about how hard you can push a sheep, but what he looks like. And so a mirror in the barn helps a lot to be able to see what that lamb looks like from your vantage point when you're showing it and to be able to show that lamb without working yourself to death. The greatest showman can get a lot done without even looking like they're working very hard. And so it's important that they know, you, you know what they look like and how they look and maintain that for a long period of time when you're bracing those lambs. 90% of judging is done with the eye. Um, most handling it, it is kind of helps you make a decision between a couple of close placings in the top five or so, but most of it is done with the eye. And so what that lamb looks like when he walks, when he stops and braces on a profile, or even when he's bracing and, and it's a rear view, all of those things are done with the eye. And so anyone can learn that and, and, and be able to evaluate their own lambs and help them do that. But um, that's a really important thing is to spend that time this last month working on showmanship and making sure that those lambs are at, at their peak and, and, and know what to expect when it comes time to perform. Good stuff right there. I, I do want to just come back to exercise because I think something like that is is relatively sheep specific like if you have one that's a little chubby that we need to tone up you, the, the frequency might be different there but on something like showmanship i think we might be able to prescribe that a little bit better so the folks listening that have young people if you're a parent or a county agent or ag teacher or if you're an exhibitor listening to this what what would be a nice challenge for you going into these final couple weeks uh before the show in terms of how many times in the barn? And then what do those reps look like? I know you outlined 
you know, sometime on the table, just try to replicate what the show is going to look like best you can. But like how many times a week should we be trying to do that? Recognizing there's basketball and baseball and public speaking and 4-H and FFA meetings, all those things. What's a good target for somebody to shoot at? Sure. I, I understand that. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. And, and ideally, the situation is if you can get in the barn and touch those animals once a day, that's great. Probably not realistic with all of the things that kids have going on today. A minimum of three times a week, you need to be in the barn working with those sheep, getting them out of their pen, take them on a walk. And, and one of the practices that I did with my kids is we had, uh, they would get out of the pen and they would walk down the road in our pasture. And every hundred steps, they were to stop, set that lamb up, brace him, make him look the part, and then go on. And, and so they did that for, oh, probably 500 yards. So they'd do it five times, and then they'd turn around and come back. And every time they'd stop, set them up. Um, another good practice is, you know, whether you like it or not, and I know how much trouble it is, working these boots on lambs is, has done some good uh, in there is some good that's come out of that, I would say. And one of those things is those kids actually have to go to the barn, grab a sheet, take him in the pen, put him on a rack or a stand, actually make him stand there like he's going to be showing. When you put one on a rack, you want his neck in the position that it's going to be when he's showing, you know, with that head up or, or neck straight out of the top of his shoulders and nose down, ears alert, all four feet square underneath him while you're working those boots. Keep that in mind when you're doing that. And it does a lot. It would serve two purposes. Not only do you get the boots work, but you're also working on showmanship at the same time. And again, that's probably three days a week that that needs to be done. Uh, our routine, probably the last month on most of our lambs at, at home, was we tracked on a track with a dog about three days a week. And the other two to three days a week, we put them on a treadmill. And, and so it was almost an everyday practice, depending on what shape the lamb was in, how long we did that and how much we did that. But that was our routine. And in addition to that, there's showmanship that goes with that. Anytime you're grabbing a lamb and walking him somewhere, walking like he's a champion, walking like you're showing him in the ring. Never let your kids put them on a long halter and, and walk them puppy dog style. They should be walking them with their hands on their head, head up, presenting them to you. Um, and there's a lot of time spent in the barn just looking at them, you know, setting them up, getting them out of the pen. Is he right? Do we need to increase the feed? Do we need to cut back a little bit? Does he need more exercise? All that's a lot of the evaluation that you as a parent can do to help that kid get them ready. And with that comes showmanship practice while you're doing it. Great stuff there. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you bringing the light that um, it's 90% visual because you uh i just remember the old days and we'd line them up and they'd be side by side and you'd handle them you know not you personally but judges would handle them over and over and over again and uh you know it's something you know as a judge i never i never enjoyed handling like like you're saying i'm just confirming some things i think i see in terms of fat thickness firmness things like that but um just taking advantage of your time a little bit here, uh, when those animals are coming in the ring, as it relates to showmanship, but mostly you evaluating them, when what are the thoughts in the initial five to 10 seconds are you looking at as a market lamb as it comes in the ring? Well, I think um, 
you're right. The first five to 10 seconds make the decision for most judges. They've kind of got an idea of whether this is a high quality animal that needs to be pulled and put into a later evaluation for the top of the class or whether it just doesn't meet that. Basically, my first impression is always quality. And quality is a difficult thing to explain a lot of times because it's a combination of all factors. It talks about structural integrity and correctness. It talks about a three-dimensional animal that's structurally built right with their neck coming out of the top of their shoulders, their chest is up in them, they're youthful in their appearance, they travel well off their feet and legs, and at the same time, they're of a high quality animal that handles correctly and is smooth in their finish and is shaped right when you view that animal. So quality is kind of tough, but you can kind of sort, that first sorts on quality. You know, is this a really high quality individual that should be pulled into the middle to look at with other lambs or is he missing one of those components? Nice. So you do prefer to pull them on the walk if as they're coming in? Yes, I, I really do. I, I think that uh, it's kind of an old trick and an, and an old man taught me that a long, long time ago. You ever get down to the top five and you say, man, these are really good. Um, tough to sort, put them in motion. And, and that will definitely tell you a lot of things about them. Our kids show so good today. In, in their showmanship skills that many exhibitors have today are so, so good that they can hide a lot of faults from you and they can make those lambs look a lot better than maybe what they actually are. But when you put them in motion, things start to, to either fall apart or come together as it should. And it really helps sort where you're going to place these lambs um, because movement tells a lot about what's really there. Absolutely. No, that's that's really good insight there. And I really also appreciate it just to circle back about you saying it's just not a pushing contest. And, a, and if an animal, you know, getting back to tricking the judge into, you know, believing a, he is something he's not, you know, if he breaks down in his loin or what have you, and they're pushing too hard, that can actually hurt you more than help, which gets back to the mirror and understanding where he looks his best, right? Absolutely. So that's, that's great stuff. So I think you gave folks great insight on what you're looking for, what do you expect from them these last couple of weeks? Uh, but equally as important, man, what should we not be doing? What are the things that are going to get in the way of you being successful um, showing uh, to anybody, but specifically to Marty Gibbs? So would you shed a little light on what not to do? Yeah, I think um, two big mistakes that happen a lot of times, and, and we'll talk about those both pulling weight and limiting water. They're somewhat related but I know a lot of people worry too much about weight. And when I talked about quality a minute ago, that's what we're looking for. It's a high quality individual that's put together right structurally and still has the right muscle shape tone that fits that, that frame. And so trying to get a 150 pound lamb into the lightweight class, you're never going to be successful with that. When you pull that weight off of them, you're limiting the calories that go into them. You're limiting the water that goes into them. It never works for you. They don't look the part. Size is not all it's about. I mean, we could take a tape measure and measure how long or tall one is if that's the way you want to judge them. I think most of the time it's about quality. Doesn't matter who's the heaviest muscle. Doesn't matter who's the tallest or the longest, who has the longest neck. All of those things are traits that flow into the overall quality of that lamb. 
And so I've always been of the opinion and with my kids showing, I'd rather be the smallest one in the class, but handle the best and look the best for what that lamb actually is. And we've had success with lambs that were small in their class. Doesn't bother me at all um, as far as size. So I think that's one of the big ones. Make sure they're fresh, make sure they're right, make sure they're handled good, their flanks are full, uh, all of those things that uh, we look for today in, in market lambs. Um, if, if you don't have those things right, doesn't matter what he weighs. You can be the heaviest one in the class and you still don't get there. The other thing is limiting water. You know, 65% of a lamb's body is water. And so it's the most important ingredient in our feeding program and our management program. And so our goal was always to maximize the potential of that lamb by keeping as much fluid in that animal as possible and keeping them hydrated. And I don't want to give the impression that all you got to do is poke water down their throat with a drench gun and you're going to be successful. A good lamb that's in good shape, that's been exercised properly and fed properly, can take a lot of water and move it through their system rapidly. Um, most of the time, that's what happens when you start losing quality and freshness and handle on an animal is when they start becoming dehydrated and their top dries out and their muscles aren't as full as they could be. And we talk about that washing out of the loin or, or whatever you want to call it, dishing in the loin. Most of that is caused by stress and a lack of water. And so keeping that water flowing through those animals is extremely important. Everyone's got their favorite drench. Every one of them are a different color. Doesn't matter to me which one it is because the most important ingredient in it is usually the water that, that's in there. And that keeps those cells hydrated. It keeps the, the digestive system of that lamb working properly. All of the functions of that body is working properly if you've got them fully hydrated. I always joked with my kids that by the time we got to show day and we've got them tied to the fence, or in a rail there getting ready to show, every time we put a drench or two in that lamb, uh, he was urinating. And, and so that's when I knew we had him fully hydrated and, and he's really full of water. Now, please don't take that and say, I've got to poke 100 ounces of water in a lamb every two hours. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you keep the water flowing through those lambs in a regular basis, and that will keep them fresher and they will handle better and look better. So limiting water is not a thing to do. No, your, uh, your pulling weight discussion just made me laugh because I thought back to my first county. I had a feeder there that um, they saw a lamb win a county show one time that was 128 pounds. And they thought every sheep they fed needed to weigh 128 pounds, whether... Wow. He had the frame of one that was, you know, needed to be 145 or 113. He'd be a fat little toad uh, at 128. So they just, they just knew they had to keep him right there. So I think your advice is sound in that, uh, you know, you feed them to where they look good and they're fresh and full and still youthful. And, uh, you know, the, let the chips fall where they may, you know, in terms Absolutely. of what class you're in. I fought that battle for years and years when we first started with my own kids trying to figure out, you know, how do we get them in the lighter weight class? How do we get every advantage we can get? And finally learn that, you know, really a good quality lamb, he's going to fit there regardless. If you've got him in the right shape and handle and touch, 
uh, don't worry about trying to get him in a class below. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think there's such a pressure to try to get one more class lower that, that we do. We draw up their flank and, you know, as a judge, I know you lay your hands on them and, and they're a little wrinkled up and, and that's the difference between making it and not, you know? Absolutely. And so um, that's really good advice right there. So, you know, as, as we move into our one, uh, you know, trying to give these young people and, and the people that, that care about them, that love them, that supervise them, that want to get them to uh, get them to whatever their championship is. And that could be making the poll that their championship could be make, getting a sales slot, or maybe there's somebody listening that's after the whole match, you know, um, what is that insider trick or challenge you have for, for the folks listening? Well, I don't know if it's really a trick or anything, but the, the key, I think, to a lot of this is developing a plan and sticking to it. I see so many people that, that just kind of flow with whatever seems to be happening in the barn. If your neighbor's got an orange drench, you think you got to go get an orange drench to, to, to be successful. Develop a plan and stick to it. And that plan starts right now. Uh, what is my goal, my target weight? Where do I go from this point? Uh, in, in middle of February to the middle of March when the show is. Um, what is my plan? When do I shear? How many days before the show do I shear? Um, when do I start drenching? Do I wait until we shear? Do I drench before? Have they ever been on drench? Um, how are you going to manage that animal on the haul when you put them in the trailer and take him down there? Um, realize that in nearly every major show, you're going to be stalled in a pen that will hold three or four lambs. You may not be in, well, you're not going to be in a pen by yourself. And so does your lamb work and cooperate with the other lambs um, that are going to be hauling with you? And that is something that my county agent does a very good job of, is he helps us know early on, we're going to be stalled with these other two lambs and, and we in, spend some time uh, especially from the time we shear, we put them in a pen together at home. Um, they haul in a trailer together so that they get accustomed and they know one another when they get to that show. Because you don't want your lambs fighting and, and wrestling the whole time they're there, getting acquainted. Um, when, it, when are you going to feed at the show? Do you have a plan with your advisor and are you working with the people that surround you? Um, if, if your plan is to feed at 7 a.m. and everybody else is feeding at 6 a.m., your lamb's going to be up and frantic and stressful for that hour waiting, waiting for you to feed. So how often do you drench? You know, we always had a, a program that we drenched about every three to four hours, and this is how much we gave, and everybody in our group would drench about the same time and try and stay on the same schedule because our goal was to get to the show with the least amount of stress on those animals as possible. Get them in the pens, get them filled up, let them lay down and let them rest because they're tired. And so if you got people in and out of the pen all day, getting them up to feed, or if your neighbors are feeding and drenching at different times, your lamb's never gonna lay down and rest. You'll see these people that haul together and are successful. They have all their lambs from the whole group laying down uh, for two or three hours, and they're all resting, and it's a good thing to see that. Um, have a plan. That's the most important thing. What are you going to drench with? Uh, have they ever been drenched with it before? 
Is it something new that, that they've, they've never had? And what is that going to do to them? So what is your overall management plan? What is your hide management plan? Do you rinse those lambs once or twice a day and put conditioner on them to keep their hides in good shape? You know, have that plan and kind of know in the back of your mind what you're going to do. And then as you go into show day, does that plan change? Do you have some different things that you're going to do, depending on what time of the day you're going to show or breed you're showing? So all of that is a lot of windshield time that you can spend thinking about when, when are we going to do these things? And do I have a group of people that are working with me to help make this setting that we're going to be in as low stress as possible? And I think that's an important thing that we don't have any drastic changes. We're not making any major um, altering any, anything that's going on a whole lot. So that's my biggest advice is, is keeping things consistent and having that plan at a show where you know what's going to happen. And obviously they change, things happen differently, uh, but for the most part, you've got a good idea of what's going to happen. It's a lot less stress on you and it's a lot less stress on your end. I have a plan folks, and there's a lot that goes into that. And I think, you know, we can circle back to the people that we surround ourselves with. Uh, if you are new to the Major Livestock Show, you know, maybe you do sit down with somebody that's been there with your county agent and just say, what should, what should we expect? Um, what do you expect of us? When do we show up to feed and all those different things? And then if you're a really organized person, which I'm not, but I appreciate you organized people out there, maybe you draw out what the day looks like, you know, and we're going to we're going to weigh at 10 o'clock or what have you. That's outstanding advice. Uh, just again, because I have you. We're friends. I talk to you all the time. I know certain things get under your skin. You know, is there something, if somebody listening, when it comes to showmanship or being at the show with you, uh, I'll just tell you mine. If if I'm judging and I hear the slap of a of a open hand on the side of a sheep or a goat to get him to drive harder, um, that gets my attention, but not in a good way. In and in a way that's going to have me walking down the line and find that kid and, and tell him that it's not going to help him in the ring. In fact, they're going to get placed lower than they probably should or get excused if they do it again. Um, that gets under my skin really quickly. Is there something you want people to know out there about showing to you that um, that gets under your skin? I know lots of oh, things I'm a, do. That's why I'm, I'm a asking. whole lot easier to get along with than you most of the time. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that probably does aggravate me a little bit is, is let your kids show your, their animals. You know, don't be on the fence whistling, screaming, yelling. You know, I, I, to me, as a judge, I feel like you're trying to draw attention to yourself instead of that kid. And, and this is his time or her time to be in the ring and show their animal. They're prepared. They know what they're doing. And if you let those kids do their job, they'll do a great job of it. So that's kind of one of my pet peeves is let them do their thing when they go in the ring. Let them show. Um, Heck yes. yeah. I knew there'd be something there. I knew something was underneath your skin. <laughs> uh man i wish i could my kid showed a sheep i'd bring him to you and i'd have a towel around my neck and yeah be whistling yeah. and two water bottles in my hand just to aggravate you you probably would yes i would well good deal well uh you know folks listening you know we have our three two one here uh you know we, we uh, you know the word consistency has come up a lot whether it comes to exercising or feeding or showmanship uh so the things you should be doing just be consistent you know in everything you do and you know, it's, it's, it's go time, right? This is, these are the practices we have right before the big game. 
So be intentional, be consistent about it, you know, exercising and knowing every animal is different. But uh, Mr. Gibbs talked about the advantages. It's not just the tone, it's appetite. And it's so many things about keeping these animals healthy, managing their weight. Um, so exercise is critically important. Showmanship, showmanship, showmanship. If we're judging them and if you're showing to this gentleman here, he says 90, 95% of it is the eye. So why wouldn't you focus a lot of your attention on having them stand the way that you think they look the best because it's 90% visual. And then, you know, two things we got to get away from, especially if we're showing to Mr. Gibbs, pulling all that weight and water out of them, drying them out, trying to get them into a lower class. Um, the word that just kept showing up was be hydrated and full and fresh and not drowning them with water, of course, but making sure they're hydrated. And if water's going in, water's coming out, that's, that's a clean system. That's an, that's a healthy animal. It's no different than you'd want your athletes right before the big game. You've got to be hydrated or you're not going to help the team. And that's, um, that's what Mr. Gibbs is telling you and get a plan together. My goodness, you know, this is a, this is a big event it has lots of moving parts to it. So best to get it down in your phone or, you know, find that person that's been there before your advisor, what do they expect from you, your County agent, so get that plan together. And then mostly, you know, moms and dads, you know, there's another thing. Stop whistling. It's the kids show. It's not yours. Get off the rail. Enjoy it. Take pictures. You know, don't be telling them where to set and hoping and hollering and making it about you, make it about the kid. Cause you're just going to get under this guy's skin. Uh, so um, just a really great conversation as usual. Uh, Marty Gibbs, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all you do for this industry. I'm so glad you're judging the major shows. Uh, that you do here in Texas and county shows. And you're one of the good guys. You do it the right way. And I'm glad your influence is spread around the state and really around the country. So thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Billy. Look forward to seeing y'all at Austin. Absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll have more Champions Road uh, episodes headed your way. Uh, but be safe on the roads out there. Be safe on your way to these, uh, these shows and uh, be blessed and have a great one.